0: Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives in the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, Real Lifers. I hope you're all doing well and staying safe. I am back from vacation. I had such a nice time in New York City. I got to visit with my brother and sister-in-law and some friends, and I got to see Tom Hamlet, and that was so fun to meet in person. And then me and a few friends went out to the Hamptons, and it was just so gorgeous, absolutely perfect weather. Um, Of course, now it's being hit by a hurricane, and so I hope everyone who's on Long Island and in New England is staying safe and evacuating if needed. So as I was getting ready to record this, I saw um, a rumor that had been spreading on social media about Robert Cosby Sr., um, it's Mary Cosby's step slash husband, <laughs> saying that he is Bill Cosby's brother. What is true is that Bill Cosby has a brother named Robert. Um, what is not true is that brother is not Mary Cosby's husband. <laughs> and I know all these sleuths were trying to figure it out. And even when you typed it into Google, it made it look as if it was true. But... Bill Cosby is 84, Robert Cosby Sr. is 67. While it is theoretical that they could be siblings, that age difference is enough to kind of tip me off to thinking that they aren't. And then they're not born in the same place, Uh, they don't have the same parents, all of that stuff. All I'm saying is 2 plus 2 equals 4, and I'm not even that good at math. (laughs) Sorry, it's just my favorite line from this week's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Because, you know, sometimes when we're watching these shows, we're all asking the same questions and saying, is what I'm seeing real? Is it true? Are my eyes deceiving me? And it's great to have Sutton and Garcelle be like, no, they're not deceiving you. We see the same thing. And we're going to ask the questions. And speaking of asking questions, I actually think it's really smart that Sutton reached out to an attorney and was like, Hey, so this is happening to someone that I work with. Could you let me know if there's anything I may be liable for? You know, I'm I'm not sure how this all works. And I I just I don't think that's a crazy thing to do. Kyle had Faye Resnick's husband you know, read up on what's been going on and give some advice. They're all in this together. And if this continues and the investigations into Erica and the money continue, these women very well may be deposed in the legal cases to answer some questions. And I don't know. I just am so... Exhausted and frustrated by Erica's response to everything, because until this episode, she has not once mentioned the people who are the actual victims of him. And she doesn't seem to have any sort of empathy towards anyone. She's just very hyper focused on herself and for her to go on social media and complain that the other women have nothing going on in their lives so they have to make her the you know major plot this season um, excuse me, <laughs> you have this insane thing happening to you. It's playing out in the press and in the courts, and we are interested. So of course the season's going to revolve around you, hon. Also, you've been on the show for like, five years and never divulged anything personal about your life. And what you did share was all lies. And so now we're trying to get to the bottom of some of the truth. You know, she agreed to be on the show. And so, honey... It's going to be about you this season. Do you think Lisa Vanderpump wanted everything to be about Puppygate? Do you think Denise Richards wanted (laughs) the entire season to focus on her and Brandy hooking up? No, but that was what they went with. So, I don't know. Just very, very frustrated with Erica. However, it is giving us an incredible season of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I mean, I have not enjoyed the show in years and years the way I am enjoying it now. All right, guys, I am so excited for you guys to listen to my chat with Veronica Leventhal. She's been on the podcast before. She is a huge Housewives fan, and we chat everything from Salt Lake to Beverly Hills to Potomac and to New York City. During our conversation on Roni, we touched on Luann's work with Fortune Society and Veronica was able to share a bit about, you know, her experience working with people who are in the criminal justice system and just the conditions at Rikers that are really terrible. And she flagged an organization um, during our conversation called Exalt, and it is exaltyouth.org, exalt youth.org. I encourage you all to check it out and donate if you're able. I also um, put the link in the show notes. As always, if you enjoy this podcast, give it a five-star rating and write a nice review. And be sure to follow me on social media at Mandy Slutzker on Twitter and Instagram. Without further ado, here is my chat with Veronica. hi everyone i am back with veronica leventhal who you guys all know because she was on the pod before she's been on a lot of other podcasts and she is a huge housewives fan and so last time you were here we talked in depth about the real housewives of salt lake city but now we've got season two trailer among us what are your thoughts
1: Ugh, I cannot wait to have these ladies back in my life. I miss them so much. I know. It felt... It, I don't
0: know. It didn't feel like a season two trailer.
1: I Here's what was missing that I am still very curious about. The weird arrest for Mary for like harboring of a child fugitive or like kidnapping.
0: Yeah, so I think that happened recently. So it wouldn't okay. have been during... Um, shooting what it sounds like is that her son was maybe with like a 17 year old girl who had run away from home and so because she was technically a minor and was staying with them they were harboring her I don't know what the word is oh that's tough but I don't
1: like whenever she came on I'd be like looking in the background for a child (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's like a
0: like a young child is
1: God, got it, and
0: and her son is involved as well, and so oh. she was saying it's a misunderstanding we can get this cleared up.
1: got it. okay, well, that's less dramatic than I thought it was gonna be
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who knows it could be more. I mean, then there's the rumors of her being a cult leader, which I'm so glad actually came out Oh me too because that's the elephant in the room that everyone's been talking about.
1: Yeah, I mean, there is something absolutely wrong with whatever she's doing. It's not like a completely um, on-the-up religion. And mm-hmm. I would love for them to dive in and see exactly what her followers are expected to do. Well, and
0: it sounds like Lisa really gets into it.
1: That is surprising to me. She seems like she wouldn't be that interested in anything that didn't have to do with like her business.
0: I don't know. She seems to be getting into the mix a bit. And so does Meredith, which is shocking. Oh, I
1: love that. I love that. I
0: can't wait. Meredith is the only one that said, can we talk about the hundreds of lives she's ruined talking about Jen Shaw? And then later said, who's actually calling who a fraud?
1: Oh, my God. I am obsessed with that ice queen. She is so intimidating. I love it.
0: She was in Brooklyn last week.
1: Oh, oh, my God. What was she doing? So the
0: Real Housewives of New Jersey ladies were playing at like minor league baseball stadium in Coney Island. And I was in New York, too, and was going to go. But it was number one, it was like 98 degrees that day. And I was staying with my pregnant sister-in-law. So I didn't want to be around large groups of people and come home to them. But she was there.
1: I'm sorry. The Real Housewives of New Jersey were playing minor league baseball? I think so. (laughs) (laughs) What? I need to look
0: back. Donnie from the Know That podcast was there and got a photo. And so, like, you can get photos with the Jersey ladies. And Meredith was there to, like, cheer them on. That's cute. And Barbara Kay.
1: That's cute. cute. I don't understand – the The premise and because like, I also know like exactly where because I go to Coney Island I love Coney Island and I know where it is and it's like a little bit away from the boardwalk and or like the main strip and it's just like why why did you do that
0: I think it was some sort of charity baseball game is my nice. recollection hmm. but I'm not sure
1: Okay, well, I'm very sad to have missed Meredith in my borough. That's very (laughs) upsetting, actually.
0: And so then the other big thing from the Salt Lake trailer is this question of how did the feds know that Jen was going to be at Beauty Lab? So was she at Beauty Lab when she got arrested?
1: I thought she was like in a... No, they would have chased the van, but then she wasn't in the van. I don't know where, actually, now that I think about it, I have no idea where she was when she got arrested.
0: It's going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out and how it is compared to what's going on with Erica.
1: Oh, definitely. It will be interesting to contrast because I am shocked by how much they are talking about it and they're, like, holding her feet to the fire and really getting in on specifics. And if they, like, are bringing up news articles in... The season, like they could definitely do that with Jen too.
0: And what's different though is Jen's actually being charged with a crime. Like and it was her that was committing the crime. It wasn't her husband. It wasn't anything like that. It's her. And she's the target of the investigation and she's the top of the pyramid of the scheme. So it's just gonna be really interesting seeing Heather kind of be ride or die for Jen this season. Mm And I think it's going to make people maybe not like her as much. That's just my prediction.
1: Here's a question that I have that I don't know if I have the answer to. But I'm wondering what your take on it is. Because at what point does Bravo have some sort of ethical obligation to not have a person on television? Like, how how criminal do they have to be? (laughs) What crimes does it need to be? And, like, at what point are they sort of giving money to someone who is maybe – like, should not be getting money? I don't know. Is there an ethical obligation?
0: I don't know. I think as long as Bravo is making money off having these people on the shows and the people are not in prison, then they will keep doing it. And I think as long as the crimes are financial and not where a person has been murdered, yeah, you know, yeah. it seems to <laughs> the line might be murder I could be wrong there may be some exceptions
1: because <laughs> like right? I I could see someone making an argument that like you should not give money to someone who is is defrauding the, like people who are not wealthy like you know mm-hmm. victims of like Mr. Girardi's victims of of different things and um and like the people Jen Shaw were targeting who are mostly like elderly people who didn't understand what was happening. And I can see how people could say like, you shouldn't give them more money to also be on television to also like reach a broader aug- audience with their BS.
0: But I don't know. I think also they haven't been convicted yet. Yeah, that's true. And when it comes to the Girardi case, they actually haven't been charged with anything. Because the bankruptcy proceedings have to happen and the forensics have to be done to figure out where the money went before they're actually able to figure out if anything criminal happened. And I'll share my personal thoughts of what I think is going to happen with Erica, but I don't think she's going to end up in jail.
1: With Jen
0: Shaw, if she doesn't plead before her October court date, I don't see a scenario in which she doesn't spend time behind bars.
1: Yes, because also that's a federal case. Right. That's serious.
0: And I don't know how people could be talking about it as if it's not serious. It's like as serious as it gets. It's not only a federal case. I think there are 94 federal courts and the Southern District of New York is the most vicious one.
1: Yeah, I just... um I just started learning about the federal system personally because I had a client for the first time who got a felon, a federal charge in addition to state charges. And my, the like public defender I work for, like, we don't even do federal cases. And so I like didn't even know that was a thing that can happen entirely. And I am shocked at the level of consequence that you can get. Like it's just so much more extreme and they do not mess around. Like, They won't even produce the client for their state um, court hearings because they're like, it's not worth the risk that they could lose them in the states. It's like, it's just not worth it. We won't even bring them to court.
0: Because they want to keep them for the federal case. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's wild one of my um, good friends who I was actually on vacation with is going to be a federal prosecutor. Um,, oh, wow. starting in a couple months uh, for the Eastern District of New York. So that's Brooklyn and Long Island. Yeah, so I was I went through the entire Gen Shot case with her, and she was like, This is so bad. And it's wild that she's incriminating herself by being on the show because she's showing a level of wealth that she likely accumulated through fraudulent means. And she's <sighs> just making it easier for people to, you know, for the prosecutors.
1: If I didn't like work with, you know, teenagers who do like dumb things like post Snapchat videos of them smoking weed or whatever, I would be more shocked that someone would be so flagrantly showing off illegal behavior. But now I've learned that like, it's just, I mean, but she's also not a teenager. She's an adult and it's insane.
0: It is wild. And it's wild that anyone would be like, oh, innocent until proven guilty, innocent until proven guilty. Well, sure, but that ends in October. <laughs> unless the trial is pushed back for some reason, they will have a trial and they will have likely a presumption of guilty because they never bring things to trial unless they're almost guaranteed. To, they have like a full proof case. Like they don't bring things to trial unless they're going to get a verdict that they want. They spend years working on these cases, building up all of the evidence, and then they try them. That's what they do. And then most of the time, people try and plead out because they know they're going to be found guilty. (laughs) I know. She's so screwed. And she's joking about how, should we get Kim Kardashian on our legal team? What
1: an idiot. (laughs) Oh, I wonder if Bravo's going to film her while she's in prison.
0: (laughs) I mean,
1: I don't think that's allowed.
0: I feel like that's where they draw the line, right? Because Teresa went to prison, and they stopped filming Jersey. And they waited till she got out. And I think the the difference with that is that she basically says she didn't realize she committed a crime. It's not an excuse, because she committed it, but she wasn't intentionally doing it. I'm wondering if that's what Jen is going to end up saying. Like, I didn't know.
1: (laughs) I... No, that's not. You cannot say that when you're the one running the operation. Like, also, we've watched Teresa on our screens. We can understand how she might not know. Like, she she can't pronounce a lot of words. Like, I it's. I don't. I understand how she might not fully understand something when she reads something. Like, but Jen Shaw, that was your business. Your you were the head of it. It's different oh my goodness
0: well should we move on to the real housewives of beverly hills yes because i'm telling you i think this is one of the best episodes i've ever seen ever of any housewives franchise like it was incredible
1: oh it was very good very compelling
0: I watched it twice and I feel like I could just I just could keep watching it because I see new things every time. Like new gestures, new like facial expressions, like who spoke when, what their eyes were doing. It was, I mean, okay. So let's start from the beginning. What are your overall thoughts on the season and specifically related to Erica and how she's come across and how others are receiving her?
1: I went into this being like, Similarly to Teresa, where I could imagine how she maybe didn't actually understand everything that was going on, or she just, like, didn't know. And the number of inconsistencies and the amount of nonsense that has come out of her mouth has made me do a complete 180. And I have never been so um, wrapped while watching The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I usually watch it and I'm, like so bored and upset that I'm doing it but now I am yeah completely my attention is 100% there and she I saw something funny on Instagram I can't remember who posted it but something about how like every time she lies her voice gets even deeper
0: yes and she's like four <laughs> octaves away from oh my god I forgot the name of the person but like yes. someone with a deep voice
1: <laughs> like James Earl Jones yes or something. <laughs>
0: I saw that, too. Yeah, it's so funny. So they all get together at Dorit's house without Erica. And I'm glad that they're acknowledging the discrepancies, right? And there there are many, but it appears to be the biggest one is this whole idea that this only started three years ago. Because in the LA Times article, it's clear that he had been defrauding and stealing from client funds for many potential decades, and so, you know, Sutton talked to an attorney. Um, Kyle talked to an attorney. Dorit talked to PK, who I is he an
1: attorney? And boy, George. <laughs> 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 I would take PK, or I would take Boy George's advice before I would take PK's advice. Yeah, to be
0: fair, and I think his only advice is just like glad it's not you. Which make (laughs) there's so many things that have happened this season that make me think that something's gonna come out about Dorit soon.
1: (laughs) Oh God, I know.
0: I'm just waiting for that shoe to drop. Um, When Sutton said that Ruth Madoff has zero friends. She, I don't know what we would do without her or Garcelle's narration throughout this because no one else besides Kyle is even asking questions in their confessionals. No one's stringing things together, right? And thank God for them, truly.
1: I mean, I think it is a good argument for like fresh blood on housewives because the other the veteran women definitely were protecting each other in certain ways for a long time. And I think that there have been past seasons when other people have had lawsuits or legal troubles and they haven't talked about it and they haven't done this. And I think this is worse than anything else. Um, But like, you know, there was a whole thing about Mauricio, like completely uh, defrauded an entire African nation. (laughs) (laughs)
0: was it like Like, west like guinea basu or something
1: i can't remember which one but like i read that article like three times because i really didn't understand like everything was going right over my head yeah the 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 takeaway was like that did not sound good (laughs) like for the people of an entire nation so like yeah yeah, they never talked about that so Yeah, I'm
0: glad they're talking about it. I think having them there, it's so interesting to me that the veterans seem to protect each other on Beverly Hills, but on the other franchises, they store arsenals of info against each other and use it as weapons. And so why on Beverly Hills, like, do they actually think they're friends or do they just want their enemies closer?
1: I don't know. With Erica, it's hard because it's sort of like, yeah, I can't tell if Rinna feels protective over her because she genuinely likes her or if she's just like, this woman could do me damage too. And I don't want that to happen. Like if they're afraid of her because she is very, she seems very intimidating.
0: Oh, I think Erica is scary when she's like, are you guys really that afraid of me? And I'm like, yes, you're (laughs) terrifying and you look dead behind the eyes. And every time at that dinner when they were sitting and they were saying that they all met separately and that they all read the article, like she looked more and more devoid of life behind those crystal clear blue eyes. It was like she was removed it was like she was disassociating from her body.
1: And I think that the thing that they either did say and it was edited out or they didn't say that was sort of unclear like was the reason that they spoke to attorneys and that they had this meeting was because they were trying to say we're all on a television show together and am i implicated because i'm if i'm not asking you things and not just implicated like certainly not legally but by public opinion like Are people going to hate me because they're going to want to know why I didn't ask my friend why she was taking money from orphans and widows?
0: A hundred percent. I think that that is the obvious reason that they got together. I don't think it was to bash Erica. It was like, hey, we're all in this TV show together. We need to figure out how we're going to approach this and how it's going to be shot as a scene so that we don't come across like we didn't do our due diligence in asking some basic questions. And we want her to, we want to be, I think, clear in our conscience, supporting her by at least hearing her say, I didn't know anything, I'm upset too. And she hasn't really said it. It's like they've been prying it out of her, but it's not what she's coming out with, the gate with.
1: Oh, yeah. And the one time she said something, it was like so stilted and like, yes, we we feel bad for that.
0: (laughs) And when Dorit said, I don't want our support of Erica to get misinterpreted, like that made sense to me. Like they can support their friend going through this tough time, but they don't want it to be misinterpreted as they don't care about the people who were whose money was stolen from them. Right, who are victims of burns and plane crashes and all kinds of stuff. So that made sense. But it was interesting that Rinna is just so like trying to shut down any questions of Erica, making people feel so uncomfortable for even having the audacity to ask questions. And that was super weird to me because so here's my thinking on Rina. When she was talking to Denise last year, she said something like, tell me the truth and I can help protect you. But you didn't tell me the truth. And I'm wondering if she went to Erica and was like, what the hell happened? And Erica actually told her whatever her version of the truth is. And Brenda's like, all right, I'll go to bat for you. I believe you and I will try and smooth things over. Wow. That's I can't imagine.
1: Idea. I can't imagine anyone trusting Lisa Rinna like that, and actually genuinely being open with her like that.
0: I but can. M- I feel maybe. like she's protected certain people in the past, and really gone hard after others. And I feel like she picks and chooses depending on who's actually sharing their secrets with her, or something. Yeah. Like Eileen. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like she knows. I mean, not that Eileen has that many secrets. She's pretty open about her life. But it's just interesting that she chose to go after Denise. She chose to go after LVP. But those were people who didn't, like, play by her rules.
1: That's true. Yeah, actually, I could see that. And maybe Erica not saying genuinely everything, like, not admitting as much culpability as she might have, but being like, yeah, I've known he's doing something wrong for a long time, but what was I supposed to do? How was I supposed to do anything about that? And like, people can't know how much I knew or I'll be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Like something like that, I could totally see.
0: And be like, I didn't I didn't have access to the books. I didn't even know how to get out of this. Like, I didn't even know how to get a place on my own because I didn't have access to money. It was all through him. Yeah. Is what she's essentially, if we if were for to believe that, it does sound like an element of coercion and control over her where he basically even her own LLC, even her own Erica Jane company he controlled.
1: Yeah. I saw someone um, being really skeptical of the ability for someone to do that though. Like when it's your own LLC, you actually need to like be more involved with Mm -hmm. some of the, the like details and other people can't like, be that person if it's yours but like how it's it's maybe possible but probably not I mean it's possible that like he forced her to do something but also or she
0: just signed stuff I mean that's what I think I think he just was running all the paperwork and having her sign things and she didn't ask questions because she got an unlimited credit card limit
1: the only thing that makes me think that she may have known more than she's letting on is the way she's reacted about the people who got their money stolen, which is like, she's not, does not seem that empathetic. And it could be one of those things where like, you know, something went wrong. And so your mind can't go there. Like you don't want to think about those people because that would just be too hard for you. And you're in such a serious state of denial, but it feels colder and more um, purposeful than that. Like, more like, I legit cannot think about that because I took their money. Like, that would just make me feel too bad.
0: I don't even know if she knows how to feel that bad. I don't know. It's so weird. I feel like she that when she says, like, she's an ice queen, like, she truly doesn't seem to have basic amounts of empathy. And she seems to, I don't know, like, dissociate herself when she gets uncomfortable or just completely break down and cry. We don't see her really processing things. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's weird. And, you know, I'm glad Sutton brought up some of the gossip because there is gossip out there about people who've left the firm because they had too much control. And it's super creepy and weird when you work for a place that's larger than a company of five people and only one person has access to everything. That's not healthy. That's not how business is supposed to be run. That is red flags. Yeah. Um, okay. I have so many notes. I have like three pages of notes. <laughs> so this, okay. So here is where I am as a viewer. So when Dorit said, everything I believed about Erica's life is actually the diametrical opposite. That is my biggest issue with her, with Erica. If we are to believe the story that she is saying right now, We have to acknowledge that she has lied to us for five years about her marriage, about her finances, about her happiness, about
1: absolutely everything. And it's also like, it just feels like the story is a third thing. It's not the thing she told us before. It's not the thing she's telling us now. And what is that third? Like, what is it really like? Right. Like, what
0: was it really like being married to him? How did it start? How was it? throughout multiple years did it only change like three years ago or so with his head injury was it before then like what exactly was it like and I don't know it's it's tough and so they decide they're all going to ask her some tough questions when they all get together at the, the Christmas dinner and it is so funny to see how everyone kind of buckles at the fear of Erica aside from Garcelle and Sutton And a little bit Kyle. I was proud of Kyle. I was, she said, did you know? And, you know, up until that point, no one has actually said that to her face. And her response wasn't no. It was, what do you think?
1: That is so true.
0: Wow. And I only noticed that the second time I watched it. (laughs) I was like oh my god she didn't say no she didn't answer with no she let someone else answer for her and then she said that's the answer right she said when, when you know she's like what do you think and Kyle was like I don't think my friend would do that and she's like I wouldn't
1: and that's weird because it's like I, I don't know it, is she like what does that mean right if you asked me
0: Mandy did you steal something I would say no because I didn't I would just say no I wouldn't be like what do you think about me do you think I would steal something no it's such a weird thing I would just say yes or no and I just find I don't know and so um, it's funny that they're all talking about the LA Times article what pissed me off was when Erica said um, it's mean to say because it's not true like it's mean to keep repeating this
1: Oh, right. I remember when she said that. That, yeah. And that was so funny because Dorit did not get it. She just was like, yeah, right. And then like she said it again. And then she was like, yeah, that's not nice. And she was like, right. What they're saying, not me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's just so like, ugh. and Garcelle points out that Erica just isn't, doesn't seem that angry at Tom. And if, you were to be married for someone for so long and they screwed you over and they were put something business in your name and they were funneling money through it that you benefited from, but ultimately got you in trouble, you know, wouldn't you be upset? Like, where is the anger? And, you know, a lot of times when people are going through divorce, anger is the thing they lead with. You know, they're not happy about being divorced and, and they're in the cute phase of it. They're frustrated and we're just seeing her not really show that. And, it, and I find it weird.
1: I also think it's weird because I understand how like, you know, people process things differently and she's not really one to show a lot of emotion. But the one emotion that she can do is like being angry or being scary. And so the fact that she's not doing that is a little bit like, what? This is weird because like... You know, I don't know. I, it's, as somebody who, like, also can lead with anger before sadness or anything else like that, if my partner did that to me, oh, my God. Like, no one would hear the end of how much I hated Will. Like, it would be the first thing I talked about every time I entered a new room for months. And, yeah, you're just not really,
0: it's not really happening. Yeah. It's... You know, and and at the end, like, Garcelle talks about her sister's kidney transplant and how it went wrong and she was owed money, you know, and it didn't come. And she said, if what Tom did is true, then fuck Tom. And they're all in silence, like, staring at her. Why was it so hard to say that? Why was it so hard to accept if what he did is true, then he is a horrible person? who did terrible things and fuck him.
1: I think that also a lot of them are thinking about themselves. Yeah. And they are thinking about the things that have been, they've been sued for or also like rumors maybe. Um, And they are a little scared.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think so too. And finally, finally Erica said, if he stole the money, I'd like to know where it is. And it's like, bitch! It's in your face. It's in your wait, hair. Wait, it's in your clothes. What do you mean? Clothes. Where's the
1: money? Like, what are you talking about? You spent
0: about? it all. Your lifestyle for the last twenty years is where the money has gone.
1: Like she's acting like she's been living in a small one-bedroom apartment in like <laughs> the valley or something. She's like, well, I didn't know we had eighty million dollars. It's like, <laughs> what are you? You no, it's expensive to be you. Remember, like.
0: And then Garcelle says the victims are the most important because you'll always be okay. And I was just so glad she said that because here Sutton is asking the right questions. And then here Garcelle comes in saying what needs to be said. If this is true, F Tom, and you'll always be okay. Let's worry about the people who aren't okay. And Erica then is like, well, of course, the victims need to be taken care of. That's where everyone is coming from. And Garcelle sells, I haven't heard it. And Dorit is like, well, that's what I was saying. And I think Garcelle was meaning, I haven't heard it from Erica. Because that's what I think we've all been waiting for. Yes. She should be able to say, of course, if this happened and their money was taken, then they need to be taken care of.
1: But even if she didn't have a hand in whatever he did or wasn't. Uh, aware of what was happening she still benefited from it and Mm -hmm. she is fighting giving up her money supposedly Mm -hmm. her money back to anyone so much in a way that's like lady you had many 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 years of like plentiful times it turns out that was at other people's expense you need to make it up to them you will gain that money back You could do appearances. You could do SponCon on your Instagram. You can do cameos. You can be on a television show on the Bravo Network. Like, you can make the money back. You're not disabled. You don't have any kind of, like, health problems that we know of. Like She said
0: that. She literally said, well, at least I'm healthy.
1: Right. Like, give those people their money back. She doesn't want to because she views herself –
0: as the ultimate victim even though she said well like i'm last in all of this though those people are owed their money the way that she's been behaving in legal documents and court filings is that she is actually the first and then they come after her she has to be taken care of it's i don't know i never thought i would feel so strongly about this i don't think she knew what he was doing up until maybe sometime in 2020 when she got deposed and when he got deposed. And they actually physically came to her house and served her with papers. At that point, you can't say you didn't know anything was going on. But that wasn't until September, I think September 13th, 2020, was when she was officially served. So, you know, and she left. So we, but she's still liable for that money and she still has to pay it back including any gifts that she ever got during the course of their marriage.
1: Yeah. and like, if she was being more generous in that way, there would be no issue. I don't care. Like, um, you know, she wants to still defend him or come up with bullshit reasons why he did it. Like, you know, saying he had Alzheimer's or something that I don't think he actually has allegedly whatever. But like, if you gave the money back, I'd let you defend this man. But well, you're not even giving the money back.
0: Right. I think, and it's so interesting, Jay Edelson, the attorney who is part of, the, who's like suing her, um, was basically saying like she could come to us and we could make her life a lot easier and only go after him. If she will give us access to these documents, we wouldn't have to go so hard. You know, we could protect her. And she's not doing that. So... I know we're spending a lot of time going after Erica, but it's just it's just so this was like the episode where it all came out. And um, and I'm just so glad that we have Sutton and Garcelle because yes, no one else, you know, is really holding her feet to the fire. And how dare she think that she can be on this show and not talk about her life Yes. She's gone away not really talking about her real life for five years. She's talked about a fake life that she made up, that she put on for everyone that wasn't true. And then, you know, now you got to talk about it. Yeah. Erica.
1: (laughs) So what are your thoughts on Kathy? Oh, I do love her. She is so out of touch in such an amazing way. Did oh. you
0: read that New York Times piece on her? That no, came out? I haven't read it yet. It's great. It just talks about, you know, why she's so perfect on screen. But also that her daughters were so worried about her. And now being on the show. And they love watching it now. And how the same thing happened with The Simple Life. She told them, you know, she told Paris, don't do this. And then she regretted it and said, you were great on that show. It's so funny. So oh. it's just... I just love watching her, and she just makes sense, even though she's all over the place. Like, she mm-hmm. actually seems grounded in the weirdest way.
1: Yes. Yeah. She's so funny.
0: I also loved seeing Garcelle's family. I feel like, oh, yeah. You know, to see her son and his wife and their kid and the other kids, it's just, it was really beautiful. And, um, All the Haitian dishes, especially after the last week in Haiti, it's just like nice to see a great representation of Haitian culture on your screen.
1: And I mean, this is a very superficial aside, but her older son is very attractive.
0: Yeah, he is. (laughs) He's cute. I like him. (laughs) He seems like he's like lived a life. Like already, Love that. yeah, <laughs> you know, he seems like I did stupid shit. I hung out with the wrong people. Like I'm sorry, mom. I got it together. So, yeah, I like that. I like someone who's lived and learned.
1: Oh, I love a reformed bad boy. It's
0: everything. <laughs> I could do without the face tattoo. I'm still not used to seeing face tattoos on people. I know they're becoming yeah. more popular. They still shock me. And every time I see them I think of how painful it must be.
1: <laughs> oh god. Yeah. To get I mean one? Like, I
0: you know yeah, imagine. Yeah. Ah. Oh. <laughs> and also the neck like I'm so I'm such I'm so bad with needles and so at like tattoos in general when I see them like the first thing I think of is the amount of pain someone went through to get it (laughs) like especially the ones on people's rib cages you know like oh yeah I have a couple of those they hurt don't they like every time I see them I think like that looks cool but how painful I
1: know I want to get one of them like added to and it's yeah it's, it's not gonna be fun
0: can they numb you? Is it possible?
1: I don't know. I've never asked.
0: But no one ever has offered.
1: <laughs> so I don't think so.
0: <laughs> I feel like they should. When I got an IV um, during one of my egg retrievals, or actually during all of them, they actually numbed the area where they did the IV. Oh. Because they like dig so hard and I had, my veins were all like crushed by that point because I've given so much blood. And it was the most glorious thing because yeah, that need, the first needle hurts, you know, where they put in the stuff that makes you numb but then afterwards you're like yeah dig around <laughs> it like doesn't it didn't bother me as much until the next day where like my bruises were like
1: okay well i need to find a tattoo artist who's also like a right? licensed phlebotomist or something
0: yeah because it's like the same thing as novocaine can't they just like put that on your rib cage before you get your next tattoo i don't know i guess i'll dm my artist and ask him <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "Oh, you're such a wuss. Just do it." Yeah. You know, <laughs> I feel like you can't like talk about like pain because it's like a rite of passage to
1: get the tattoo. I know. Yeah. I mean, especially well, he's great cuz he's really conscientious about like people um having past trauma and like you know, feeling uncomfortable being touched. Like he's very sensitive and um and like encourages you to take breaks and drink water and stuff. So he's lovely. He probably wouldn't roll his eyes at me. But most tattoo artists would be like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> no, I'm not going to numb you.
0: I could never get one. They would just like not take me seriously. I would take a break after like every 30 seconds. <laughs> 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 I have no pain tolerance whatsoever. But at least I know that about myself. Yeah. Um, shall we go on to Potomac. Oh, I
1: love Potomac. I
0: know. It's the best. It's such a good franchise, and I love that it's been so elevated, like, within the network. Potomac
1: is easily my number one right now.
0: Same. Although Beverly Hills is the one I most look forward to every week because I truly am shocked by what I see. Yes. Um, But overall, like, no one makes me happier than seeing the women of Potomac. Like, I feel like I'm amongst friends and frenemies yeah. <laughs> um, so that the episode starts with them talking through Giselle apparently wishing death on Ray what are your thoughts on the Karen versus Giselle of it all
1: I mean that's n- clearly not what she said she's what she said was more like ray should be alive a long time and also my looks should surpass that lengthy amount of time that he is alive for but like karen's just looking for a reason to be mad at her
0: and there's so many reasons to be mad at her i don't know why she's focusing on this one because it doesn't make sense and i do not believe i actually believe she's lying (laughs) When she says that her children were very upset by what Giselle said. I can't see her kids being like, you know, when Giselle said, oh, he'll be six feet under when this fades. Like, and being like crying to their mom about that comment. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Come on, Karen. You know? Yeah. They might care about some other stuff. Yeah. That makes sense. Like, when he told you on national television that he wasn't sure if he loved you. And when you said,
0: like, you didn't like his dick. (laughs) oh yeah
1: that was tough oh my god
0: like could you not mention dad's dick on tv mom like is that too much to
1: ask yeah maybe she like heard that or didn't exactly like they said that to her but in her brain she was like oh you're mad at Giselle for saying that one comment right two years ago (laughs) okay okay I hear you I hear I got
0: it (laughs) I'm glad Candace told them to talk one on one do you think they ever will repair their relationship to go back to be frenemies because right now i think they just flat out hate each other
1: no um i think it's possible because like in uh, in the past like in times of like serious pain like when karen lost her parents and stuff like giselle clearly was like okay i'm gonna drop the the bs for a minute and just comfort you um but now i'm not sure because it's it just keeps getting worse
0: And Giselle doesn't seem to be being real anymore, you know, not that she ever really was, but she's getting farther and farther from what I think it means to be like a true, authentic, vulnerable person. Yes. You know? Yeah. So what are your thoughts on Wendy and like the season two glow up, her behavior, and sort of what Giselle and Robin are saying about her?
1: Okay, here's my theory on Wendy. And this is what I've... Uh, I watched Potomac twice, sort of by accident. I couldn't remember if I'd seen it. And then it turned out I had, but I kept watching. (laughs) So here's what I think Wendy did. Wendy went back after it wrapped, watched a bunch of other housewives, compiled an idea of what she thinks a housewife is or should be based on the worst characteristics of the worst housewives. And then came back and was like, here we go. I'm going to do it better. And like the, the whole thing of like having a business idea, but not really being able to follow through with it. Like that's such a tired trope that I think Wendy is above. Like Wendy is a a smart person and would understand that to create a business, you actually need to like have an understanding of what a candle is or something, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that it's sort of like, she's trying to put on a show now for us. And like, it's weird.
0: This is the most sense I feel like I've heard from anyone on Wendy. It totally makes sense because she excels at everything she does, right? She's like a, probably been a straight A student. And so she's like, oh, this is the first like class I've taken where I haven't scored an A plus. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure that when I go back, I excel at this rather than because it's hard to think. That this is her true authentic self, although maybe it is, and maybe she's trying to show different parts of herself and is kind of fumbling about how she has parts of herself where she likes to show off her body and into fashion and also hold space for her job as a professor and political commentary. Like it's all possible, but it's like it feels like she's leading with this other thing that we haven't seen yet. So it's just confusing.
1: Yeah. And like, it seems like she maybe, she seems like she probably got a stylist or something um, who only shops at Shein because all of her clothes are (laughs) too small right now. Mm -hmm. Like genuinely not the correct size, not like a comment on like, Oh, you shouldn't be showing. Like, no show off your body. Just like, I don't know you don't shop at baby gap, like, (laughs) Um, but I, I, and then the other thing is I think she got someone to write her little quips or she's coming up with them herself and preparing them because they're very bad.
0: Yeah. That's what Sasha was saying last week. Um, Sasha Morfa from the Bravo breakdown was like, she's getting like lost in the vamp of her lines. It just, doesn't feel authentic what did feel authentic is when she was upset at Giselle and when she was like Giselle hurt me I thought we were real friends it's clear that when cameras around she's different that felt real I mean so at (laughs) when they go to the dinner just it's like Giselle grills everyone so she you know talks about Chris managing Candace and is he riding on her coattails We go into Robin, which we'll get into a bit, where she's, like, pretty nasty to Robin, I think, about saying, well, of course, he's not going to run a rush down the aisle. Like, no man wants to marry unattractive. And then when Wendy talks, she's basically saying, you're different now, and you don't have any substance.
1: (laughs) 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 Which is, like, a pretty
0: harsh thing to say. Um My favorite moment, and I've been waiting for somebody to say it, was when Escala said, Giselle, you've been asking everyone else questions, but, like, what the hell about your life? And then Karen, you know, comes in with the, you, like, grill everyone else so that you don't have to talk about what's happening with you. And that's the real issue I think she has, and I think the issue they all have with Giselle, and I don't know why they can't just come out and say it, we all share the things about us that aren't that pretty and you don't yeah you shut down and you won't talk
1: and and I think that Giselle like is riding this role that she is very good at at like creating and perpetuating drama on the show and so she's sort of like I have a purpose here so I don't necessarily like have to talk about my stuff because I can like ask Wendy if she's wearing this top because her husband cheated on her, you know, (laughs) like like other normal human beings would not do that. Um, So, but like, it's, yeah, it is. That's not the whole job. That's like, you're doing half the job. The other half is, yeah, you got to talk about your, your life.
0: Well, it's like Ashley, right? Ashley keeps the story moving. She keeps drama, but she seems to also have relationships with the women and she shares her life. And so the question is, why Why can't Giselle and will they let her continue to get away with it?
1: Yeah, I love Ashley. I don't know why. I do, too. I love her so much. She's so funny. But here's what I, what I, I don't understand. And this is maybe because... Well, no, this isn't because I have not have kids. Because even if I had kids, I wouldn't do this. What is this thing about, like, people doing a a photo shoot right after they've had a baby? Like, you're tired. Everyone's tired. No one looks their best. Your baby just experienced jaundice. Like, why do you have to do this? This is crazy.
0: I I agree. I think maybe it's they want to remember, like, it's really hard, I think, to remember those first few weeks for a lot of people. Like, they truly mm. can't remember it because yeah. they're not sleeping a lot. So having photos of, like, what it looked like then, um, maybe. I have no idea w- what other reason would be. She also happened to look really, really incredibly good for two yeah. weeks postpartum. So if I were her, I'd be like, well, I got a banging body, so I don't really care. <laughs> Like, and my boobs are extra big, you know? So let me just do this. But I think some of it's just to remember or to capture. Usually, I think people do newborn shoots, not necessarily with like the whole family.
1: Yeah. Also, like who the fuck needs a picture of Michael Darby and like that HD? <laughs> oh he's so unattractive to me. Someone on, on
0: um Instagram or Twitter or something said that Dean looks like John C. Riley and I cannot <gasps> unsee it.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Like I have exactly to look. exactly. He does look a him. little bit like John yeah, now that I'm thinking about it.
0: Like especially with the way Dean's hair is right now. Oh boy. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> I love Ashley Lowe I do Yeah. Um. so Robin do, like <laughs> it's it was really nice that she's bringing this up with everyone about how she doesn't get out of bed and I'm glad that Escala was like that sounds like depression but how do you feel about Juan's response to her but also Giselle's response to her
1: I uh... The one thing is really um, disappointing, but unfortunately not surprising. Like, I have seen so many men in relationships with women where, like, as soon as the woman needs something, they're just, they don't know how to handle it. And they're just like, get out of bed. And not, like, "Have have you thought about talking to a professional in the mental health field? Like, something helpful. No. It's like... I expected you to do everything and you still have to do everything, even though you're depressed. Um, And yeah, just Giselle with the, with the tough, tough love. um, That was hard to
0: hear. Didn't, didn't like it. I didn't like when she said, do you think you're neglecting your kids? Because yeah, of course, Robin feels guilty for not having the energy to be mom of the year like of course she feels there's no need to ask that question I don't know yeah. I felt like it was a bit I know we want them to like be authentic and all that on camera that just felt a little bit like can you keep it between her and Juan like why do you have to bring the kids into this
1: I would never ask my friend that que- I I mean I think I would more be like do you need help with your kids <laughs> Yeah. Because you have little kids who still live at home. Like, uh, is there anything I can do? I mean, they do live like an hour and a half apart because Potomac is not where anyone lives. Right. (laughs)
0: Right. But uh, it was really hard for me to hear Robin acknowledge that she likely had seasonal affective depression. But then the answer to that was not a licensed professional, but a life coach. And then I was glad that Escala was like the only one that made sense this whole episode. And she was like, you could do both. And I'm like, yes, (laughs) don't cut out the person that's actually trained to deal with this. I think part of it is Robin didn't want to acknowledge that like what her symptoms are, are sound like depression because then what does that say about her? Like she didn't want to like acknowledge like, Oh, seasonal effect of depression is something that goes away kind of it's it's like she was only willing to accept i don't know it was it was hard to hear it was like come on girls like let's not act as if it's bad or something's wrong with you if you seek help from someone who's licensed in this area
1: i still think there is so much stigma about mental health issues and i think that um you know Younger generations, particularly Gen Z, have been way more open and cool about just talking about, like, oh, I have a therapist, oh, I'm on meds, like making it no big deal. But most of these women are Gen X, I'm pretty sure. And like, I can see how it would still be tough to be honest about those things with a group of peers rather than like, you know, maybe your sister or your husband or something. And then, add the fact that they're on television makes it even harder to be like, yes, I have depression. And I also think that like, I mean, I'm not totally, when I first went to social work school and this was like, I don't know, eight years ago or something, my mom asked me if that was like being a life coach. (laughs) I don't think that everyone knows what are the differences between all these things. Yeah. So like, um, you're totally right. I did not go to school to be a life coach. That's not something that you necessarily have to get a degree in. So that is the difference. <laughs> Mom.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're right. I think a lot of people just are uncomfortable talking about these things. And I think it's stigmatized in certain age groups and communities more than others. And, yeah. You know, but it's like the most relatable storyline I've ever seen on Housewives. Like someone being like, wow, we're in a global pandemic and it's not ending and the weather is shitty and my husband isn't helpful and I don't want to get out of bed. Like, (laughs)
1: Oh my God. I loved Robin. I love Robin for that. It was so, so real.
0: I felt like that so many times because you're, when she said I expected the pandemic to be over by now and this Mm -hmm. was filmed back in, I think, February, January, February, when she said that. Yeah. And here we are in August, and the pandemic is not over. And even I, who went to school studying pandemics, okay, expected it to be somewhat over by now.
1: Like, yes. it's usually 18 to 24 months. I'm really hoping, because they did film in February, and they're all about to be eligible to get vaccinated, that they're going to talk openly about that.
0: I hope Because I think so that would too. be
1: so great. And I hope that they encourage them to do that then. I hope that they saved that footage and are going to show it purposefully because that could be really helpful. Just, you know, generally, like when anyone who you admire does something, you might want to do it.
0: A hundred percent. I know Candace has been very vocal on social media about the importance of getting vaccinated.
1: And that's, cool. that's
0: been really cool to watch. Yeah. I also really like Candace. I I really like Candace. I am <laughs> like, it's like I like Ashley and Candace. Like, I don't feel like yeah. I have to choose. And I like Karen and I like Giselle. I like Karen more than Giselle, but I understand the purpose of Giselle. I feel like Giselle could be one of the best housewives ever if she actually was vulnerable and shared what was really happening in her relationship, how she really thought she could go back to her ex-husband and like it would be different this time, how she feels dumb for doing that. Like how yeah. many of us have gone back to a guy and thought oh something would be different, right? Yep. That's and then nope, it was just worse. <laughs> like we're not going to judge you. We want just want you to share what's happening with us. We're not even judging Ashley for having a second baby with that monster.
1: Well, you know.
0: A little. A Uh. little. But, like, we still love her and listen to her and appreciate her. So I don't understand why Giselle is so guarded. And my only answer is that she doesn't even want to be real with herself.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Let's hop over quickly to New York. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been to a Black Shabbat? (laughs) Or Black you Sabbath, as, as Ramona says.
1: <laughs> you know, I haven't. Okay. Uh, I, no, I have not. I've been to Shabbat. We never called it Black Shabbat. Sometimes there were black people there, but <laughs> yes,
0: yes, that has happened in my life as well. But um, I'm, I'm going to hold a Black Shabbat, and you are definitely welcome to come. Um, Oh, So, yeah, Mani and Taria are going to come, and Mani has already said that she will make fried chicken if I make matzo ball soup, and we will share each other's cultural foods and also talk about Jewish-Black relations in a way that is not, (laughs) like,
1: (laughs) terrible (laughs) I couldn't even look at the screen for many minutes at a time.
0: I felt physically uncomfortable and ill.
1: Also, like, I'm sorry, but Ramona, if you actually went through some part of a conversion process, and if you have been to Shabbat dinners, like you claim, you know that there is an order to things, and you're not supposed to eat right at the beginning. There's some prayers that you got to do first. And like anyone who's been to any sort of any kind of religious dinner knows Anything.
0: that you don't eat before you say grace. We yeah. have the same thing in our culture. It's not, it's not just Christians. Like we, have, we have the things that you do. And I don't believe she ever went through the conversion process. I think she just dated a Jewish guy and it came up for conversation. <laughs> That's what I think happened. Because if you actually go through the conversion process, they tell you, don't do this for a man. Don't do this for a partner. Do it because it's what's in your soul and what you want to do. And this isn't going to be easy, but it will be rewarding if you want it. Yeah, they tell you that they're not trying to get people to convert just because they're marrying someone who's Jewish. Yeah, it's, it's very difficult to convert. convert. It's not easy. Props to Leah for like following through with it.
1: Yeah, why is she converting? Is her daughter Jewish?
0: No, I think one, she's always like been friends with a lot of Jewish people and been interested in it. And I think... My personal thoughts on it is, like, when she got sober the second time, a mm. lot of people who are in 12-step programs, like, are looking for – you believe in a higher power, all yeah. of that. And I I believe she wants some structure and spirituality in her life. And when you're in New York, like, <laughs> it's kind of the structure
1: and spirituality that exists. <laughs> yeah. I do get – like, I, I get all that. I do. But – I Well, I am like a Jew who was born into it, so I didn't really have to do anything mm-hmm. other than like I got bat mitzvah, and that was the most work that I will ever do ever again, And <laughs> especially so for annoying. Judaism. <laughs> um, and I just can't imagine as an adult being like, I'm going to learn a whole new language. It's that a lot. Is not even the same characters as the original language that I know.
0: I can't imagine learning Hebrew. I I said this last week as an adult. It is a difficult, difficult language. I can't imagine learning Chinese or anything where the characters are not the same as the English alphabet, you know? Do you
1: think Bravo is going to fire, Ramona?
0: That is a good question. I think it really depends on her behavior at the reunion. I, I don't know.
1: Which is so weird. They haven't even filmed.
0: I know or don't have plans to. Ebony said in an interview that they were given a time and a date. Oh, okay. Good. So, I feel like there is all these like rumors out there that oh, they're not filming it, they're going to do it. Um I don't know. It's So, what's hard for me with this episode is I wasn't just pissed at Ramona. I was pissed at mm-hmm. Sonia. She Mm -hmm. was taking up too much space, and she was talking too much, and she was drinking too much, and she was inappropriately sharing. And Mm -hmm. there's nothing more annoying than people taking up too much space in a place that was meant for others, and that those others, you're watching them not able to share. Like, Ebony's friends are sitting there quiet, giving each other side eyes the entire time.
1: Those poor people. Had to go all the way out to New Jersey.
0: I know, Brian and Lenara, those are the two names I got. Um, When Lenara shares that she gave birth at 29 weeks because she got poor medical care um, because she is a black woman and her pain was not taken seriously. That was, I'm just so glad she was able to share that. Um, Mm -hmm. It was a little weird to watch Archie be like, and you think that happened because you were black? Oh my God. You know, I get it. People are unaware of of the discrimination that happens um, in the medical system. But when Ramona said, oh, when I gave birth, it was painful and my nurse was black.
1: Oh, my God. Okay, so this as I was telling I was talking about this before we started, but it's very this issue is very personal to me because I was raised by a woman um, for the most part who uh, like, was my nanny, and she she's Black. She was a an immigrant from Malawi, and um, she, like, had kids when... Or she had her first kid when I was 16, and then in the course of her having a second child, she did not get proper medical care because she was Black, absolutely because she was Black, and um, she had a lot of um, complications, and she ended up having going into cardiac arrest during labor, premature labor. She was two months early. Um, Her daughter is amazing. Fine. Thank God. She's uh, turning seven. Oh my God. But she, so she goes into cardiac arrest. She's in a, in a Catholic hospital. So she goes into a coma that they will not take her out of. They won't like, you know, give her a, a nice ending because it's Catholic and they, it's against their beliefs. So there's also a question of like, did they value the child's life over hers in that moment? Whatever.
0: Oh um, my
1: God. And she was in a coma for two years. Like what? Slowly, yes. She was in a coma for two years and she was, had to go to this like creepy hospice place for a lot of it. And it was horrible. And like, it was um, absolutely racism by multiple sources of medical care like it was a clinic there was there were like two hospitals like they all bounced her around when she was like in the in the last day of her life and um it was terrible and I um it, like I get when people are shocked at things like this especially if they're sheltered as Ramona but to question a woman telling you that that is the case like Do not question that. If you really think that someone who is Black is telling you something about how Black people are, like, oppressed in a certain way and you're not sure if that's the truth, you go home later and you Google it. Like, do not yell at her face and tell her that she's wrong. No.
0: It's... And then not only to say that, to like question her own life experience, but to then to share your experience as if your experience was more worth listening to and was like a valid response, like as if if it was like a conversation, like you share your birth shitty story and I share my shitty birth story. Like what? This woman practically
1: died. She practically lost her child. Yes. Ugh. I I mean we've always known like Ramona's a horrible person. We have known that for a really long time. But I think she's been empowered by fame to be even worse. Like to feel like she's entitled to things and to feel like she can act any way she wants. Like in that scene that weird scene with the like how she's supposed to be showing an apartment and is instead just like physically assaulting a man. Um, like I just think that she's turned into even more, like a bigger monster and that um, in this situation, actually, I do think Bravo has an ethical liability to pull the <laughs> plug on that and uh, take her off screen.
0: I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I I mean, it's also like Luann, it's also and Luann's done some really awful things throughout the course of of this season as well. Sonia during, and freaking peeing on this woman's, I mean, that's disgusting. It's not funny. And I love Sonia. She's one of my favorite housewives. She had been, you know, I don't, they always can change, you know. Uh, But to see like her inability to shut the fuck up at a time and a place, where she's not supposed to be the center of attention, uh, these women just don't know when to reel it in.
1: And, like, I love them, you know, from from the deepest recesses of my heart. I love Sonia Morgan. I have met her one time, very briefly, like, 10 years ago. But I love her. But I am actually okay with them being like, you know what, we're going to just get rid of everyone and start with a new group of friends in New York. And maybe they don't live in Manhattan. Maybe they live in Brooklyn or Queens even. But like, I'm okay with them starting from scratch.
0: I don't know. I don't know what I want. I at Before the last few episodes, I thought maybe it's just unfair that there was only five of them and that it was COVID and there were so many restrictions and they were filming during one of like the darkest periods. Like It was before vaccines were available around the election. It was like a really dark, moment in the United States history and I could see that the producers and the Bravo and NBC Universal being like let's just add people to the cast rather than take people away like let's not punish them for the situation that they were put in where they were almost set up to fail but I don't know it just wasn't fun watching it wasn't funny it was ridiculously offensive and I don't know if I want to see people that are that sheltered from the city that they live in and that they claim to love.
1: And it's different when they're doing it to each other.
0: Because they've all signed
1: up for it. And then when they're doing it to civilians, it's like leave that woman alone. Like when they were doing that to Ebony's friends, I was like, Oh and at the Fortune Society lunch? Oh my God. Why do they keep doing that to people? I (laughs) think
0: Luann actually, like, spends time with these people-ish. I think they, I don't know, they all seem to, like, while they were looking at each other, they all still seem to sort of enjoy it in a way. I don't know, maybe that was my wrong take. That the Fortress like...
1: Yeah, and I think, like, they're getting their name out there, which uh is good, you know. And they also are spreading some kind of awareness on how horrible the criminal justice system is Mm -hmm. which i appreciated but like at what personal expense
0: (laughs) i know i know and what is your take seeing the woman say that when she was 17 you know being put in rikers and not getting an attorney and you know you deal day to day with this
1: Oh, yeah. Um, actually, New York used to have one of the worst laws on the books, like 16 and 17 year olds were automatically treated as adults no matter what. And it was just in 2018 when that law changed. And now there's like a very convoluted system, which is not like under 18, you go to family court over. It's not that simple, but it's better because, yeah, there were 16 and 17 year olds in Rikers, which is definitely one of the worst prisons in the United States. And um, or jails, I should say. And uh, it was it's awful. And I can imagine that happening to someone. I I I mean, there are like my client. I have clients in Rikers right now because I have some 18, and 19 year old clients and the atrocities that they tell me about. It's horrible. Like they're having health emergent, like legitimate emergencies, like asthma attacks and seizures. And they just don't have any staff right now because a lot of them are on strike or have quit or have taken early retirement. And um, it's really bad, really, really bad.
0: Is there some compassionate release happening? Like, how could you hold people in a system that's supposed to at least care for their basic needs and keep them alive and isn't able to do that?
1: Sometimes that does happen. And I do think it, it has happened a little bit more since the bail laws have changed in New York and during COVID. But for A large part of or a large number of judges don't really like hearing about the conditions in Rikers and don't respond well to those sorts of arguments in court. And I think that it might be because it's hard for them to reckon with the fact that they are sending people there all of the time. And so an argument in front of them that's explaining in detail how bad it is, is not working because they don't want to hear it. Who will hear it? I mean, the way that like things can change is by the public and especially the voting public getting really upset about it and calling their representatives, which is annoying, but like legitimately, like their state representatives, about it. yeah, state representatives, mm-hmm. city representatives, your city council person, like um, you know, any a- anyone on that realm, and just being like. I have heard that the conditions at Rikers are really bad. And just because those people have potentially committed a crime doesn't mean that they're not human beings and they don't deserve medical care and food. Oh yeah. I talked to a client recently. He like told me he hadn't eaten since the day before and it was the evening of the second day. Oh my god. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. Like really, really bad. And so, yeah, like people who are not in Rikers need to be the people who are talking about it and like, promoting this idea that um, people in jail are also people. valued members of our yeah. society and should be um, treated with some dignity and humanity. It's hard to bring it down. No, so but isn't much.
0: there... This is, so this is the thing where I'm like, really? Really? I'm like becoming Ramona? I just don't know many people who've been incarcerated and I don't deal with this on a daily basis.
1: Yeah, but it's real because, yeah, there's... Is very few people in like in our circle of people that we know because of like friends or family or whatever. If you have a certain level of education or a certain like if you're in a certain demographic, it's unlikely that you're going to know someone who goes to jail and can tell you about what it's like in jail.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's really sad. And yeah. I'm glad that Luann is working with the Fortune Society and, and yeah. having people be able to share their experiences. I'm glad we're hearing people's experiences on Roni. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's it's hard to watch them this season. It's almost as if they don't know how to interact with the people of New York. <laughs> that's what it feels <laughs> like. Yeah. It's like, do you live in New York? Like, you, you, what, you don't know what a challah
1: bread is? What kind of a New Yorker are That's you? crazy. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me. More than one in 10 New Yorkers is
0: Jewish. So if you act like you have no idea what a Shabbat dinner it is, then you do not talk to other New Yorkers. If you do not know a black woman, how the hell are you a New Yorker? Yeah, I mean, my God, it's like they live in the most bizarre enclave of wealthy white people, but those people, you still live amongst New York. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, boggles my mind. And I just am like, if this is going to be the real Housewives of New York, I want to see them, yes, they live nice lifestyles, but I want to
1: know that they understand the city in which they live. Yeah, and it's like... And I bet if it was someone who Ramona wanted to impress, she would not have acted like that. Right.
0: She thought these people were beneath her. And it was some cute little thing that Ebony was doing to try and educate them. And it was, it it just pissed me off. All right. Um, Oh, and then before I forget, Ebony finds out that she has a father that's alive and sisters. And I'm like, can we spend more time on this? Because this is the probably the only interesting thing I've seen happen on this entire season. Like, truly
1: interesting. I know, but I'm like, I don't obviously know what's going to happen, but I am bracing myself because the last time someone found their dad, it was Ashley Darby. And it was terrible and it was so sad. And I just want it to go really well and I want them to love each other.
0: She said that they're in communication. Okay, I love and that because of COVID. And I don't know where I read this because of COVID. They haven't met in person. But I mm-hmm. think she was going into it. Like not 60 miles an hour. She was like, okay. let me like lightly wade into this because they don't know me. I don't know them. And this is probably uncomfortable for everyone. So let me like gently introduce myself and not be like, we have to have Thanksgiving together. Yeah. (laughs) So it sounds like she's talked to some of the sisters, too. Wow,
1: that's so crazy. So I'm
0: like, you have to come back next season because I really want them to be on. You know, that would be a really I mean, don't know if they want to be on the show. But what an interesting story.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to find out that I had extra siblings, I think. I think that would be cool, as long as they were cool people.
0: Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> the more the merrier. <laughs> Take yeah. them all seriously. Okay, some final thoughts. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you for Salt Lake City?
1: say hey, a solid 9.
0: Okay, I feel yeah. I feel very similarly. Um, how upset are you, or are you upset at all, that BravoCon was canceled?
1: I, okay, I had another thing I had to do that weekend, so I am sad for others, but secretly happy for myself.
0: <laughs> I know, me too. I, I'm going yeah. to a wedding.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so,
0: yeah. Um, And then, are you going to watch The O.C. now that it's going to be
1: on again Oh, you're not involved even, in any way? Genuinely haven't even thought about this. Um, Probably... Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I guess I'd like watch an episode and see how I feel. I, not watching that was the first time that I like have purposefully like not watched Housewives in a long time. Like I used to not watch Jersey, but I, you know, started a couple of years ago and now I watch every single one of them. So that was really strange. Um, But also like, I don't know, I don't know if I, Want to go back there? Like, I don't That's know. Fair. I guess yeah. I'll probably like watch an episode and see how I feel.
0: And then, how excited are you for the next season of Jersey?
1: Oh, extremely! I just listened to the audiobook of Margaret Joseph's book. Oh my Strongly god! Strongly recommend. It so made I'm, me love her. I read her more. book
0: in her voice without the audio. <laughs>
1: If I like I found out that you can rent audiobooks from the library, so it's free um and if there's a memoir that I want to read, but I'm sure like it's it's you know someone who has an amazing voice like Leah Remini, I listen to hers, mm. Jessica Simpson, I listen to hers, like someone like that who's so iconic, I was just like, I have to hear her, I have to hear her, tell me these stories That's and it was so, so good,
0: yeah, and i I've read all those books, but not. Yeah. <laughs> And I hear the vo- I guess I don't know Jessica Simpson's voice. But, but yeah, I thought that it was a really, really, really good book. I told everyone for, like, multiple weeks in a row to <laughs> <laughs> read it. And I think it's the best book written by a housewife's person thus far.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I've only read a couple. But, yes.
0: I don't know if I've read many. I couldn't handle Erica's, even though it was written by Brian Moylan, because there was, like, nothing there. Like, I don't feel I like she divulged anything about herself. So I didn't feel like I was learning a lot. Couldn't get through Teresa's. Couldn't, didn't even try Ramona's. Um, Oh,
1: yeah. Would
0: be interested in reading Luz if she actually ever came out with it.
1: I would listen. Probably Maybe another audiobook.
0: (laughs) Most interested in Kim Richards, though. Oh, yes. Oh, my
1: God. (laughs) I I just also listened to Hunter Biden's and hearing about, like, his stories of going and buying crack, like, you know, just hearing anything to do with like your crazy story that I would never experience. Like it was amazing.
0: Oh, I didn't even know he had a book.
1: Yeah. He wrote a memoir. It came out, um, I guess shortly after the elect, cause he talks about how his dad got elected in the book. Um, and cause I think what he really wanted to do was like talk about how, um, the things that he was accused of, he didn't actually do anything illegal. That seemed like a lot of the book, which was sort of boring. But when he talked about um, buying crack and doing crack every 15 minutes for four years and sleeping 10 hours a week, I was so there for it. <laughs> that reminded I me mean, of Kim Richards. <laughs> uh, yes, that is the part of Kim Richards story I want to hear about. I, do too. I don't think she smoked crack, but like if she did, I want to hear about it. I'm very glad that Hunter Biden's in a better place. I just want to know about
0: when he got together with his sister-in-law.
1: Oh, he talks about that too. Oh, it is so weird. Okay. I need to read it
0: now. I'm very fascinated by that. I think it's very
1: Just skip the the part about like the Ukraine. It's so boring. I I don't understand what he was talking about. Oh, I'll probably read all that and not find it (laughs) boring at all. (laughs) Yeah, you will like it. You will
0: like it. Okay, tell everyone where they can find you. And if you want to make a plug for any, I don't know, anything we can do as people who care about the criminal justice system and want to, I don't know, reform it.
1: Um, there's a program I love called Exalt. Uh, they give jobs to young people who are involved in the criminal justice system, and I think they're awesome. I refer almost every client to them. If you want to give someone money, give money to Exalt. They're doing really good work. Um, my Instagram is not underscore Topanga. Uh, (laughs) I, you know, it's not very interesting, but I talk a lot about the things that make me angry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I very much appreciate it. (laughs) <laughs> including when you have Housewives content, as well oh, as yeah. your thoughts on the New York City mayoral race. <laughs> Ugh, what a mess. Yeah. I know. Well, thank you so much for being on. Always love talking to you.
1: Thank you. Loved it.